Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Zafnat Pania. Zafnat Pania. This is part two of Order in Our Careers. Zafnat Pania. Order in Our Careers, part two. In part one of this message, we spent time on how to identify your career path. Our foundational scripture was Isaiah 48 verse 17, which says, Thus saith the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit and who leads you by the way you should go. We established last week that no matter what God teaches you without action, nothing will happen. We also established that a career path is a personalized guide to your career options or destination and your roadmap for getting there. We try to point to the fact that each of us is unique. And even twins from the same womb have different career paths. We confirm that by looking at the life of four patriarchs, we made time to profile Abraham as the pioneer or entrepreneur, Isaac as a second generation CEO or leader, and Jacob as a business partner, a man who had talent but no capital, and therefore had to partner with Laban to realize his dreams. We mentioned Joseph as an intrapreneur or manager, and today we want to spend time looking at the man they called Zafnat Pania. We want to start from the climax of his career and work our way backwards to the beginning and find out what projected him from small beginnings to greatness. Kindly turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 41, and you want to stay with Genesis throughout today, from 37 to 41. Genesis 41, the verse 44 and 45. Genesis 41, verse 44 to 45. Someone may be asking where from the name Zafnat Pania. We'll see it from the scriptures. Reading from verse 44, Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnathpania, and he gave him as a wife, Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On. So Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Joseph represents the person who starts from the bottom and climbs all the way to the top. This is a man who woke up one day in prison and went to bed as the prime minister. Joseph did not necessarily own any major thing, but wherever he went, he governed everything and was an overseer and leader wherever he went. 
Some may call him the ultimate intrapreneur, someone who works within an organization and operates like the owner of the organization. Indeed, when you work somewhere and you work so hard that people ask you, why is the business for your father? You are exhibiting intrapreneurial attributes or character, just like the man they called Joseph. So how does a man rise from the prison to the palace? Was Joseph simply lucky or was he reaping the fruits of his hard work? The name Zafnatpania has two significant meanings. The first meaning is the revealer of hidden things or the revealer of secrets. The revealer of hidden things or secrets. You must appreciate that there are things that God will open your eyes to that no one has imagined, considered, or conceived. Believe me, my dear friends, one divine idea can change your destiny. One divine concept, thought, idea can literally transform your whole life. So Joseph was called the revealer of hidden things. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Bible says, As it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And verse 10 says, But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. May God reveal deep things to you by his spirit. In Jesus' name. Zafnatpania also means the savior of the world. Somebody's about to release a solution that will save the lives of many across the globe. Somebody's about to do something that no one has conceived, but which has in itself the power to bring help, hope, and direction to people across the globe. How did this young man get this important recognition? This was not a name he was born with. Zafnatpania was a meritorious recognition for a tremendous performance. What you may call the performance of a lifetime. Now, greatness is not always evident at conception or inception. Sometimes when you start life, you don't look like you become somebody. The people who are great today, if you saw their beginning, some of them would not look very nice. If you saw a bunch of class one pupils, they may look very ordinary to you, but in that group are world changes, and in that same group also are the people who, <laughs> they also came. And so in every group of beginners, class one pupils, you will find great achievers, and you will also find, I was here some. May the, I, I was here some not be your testimony. May you grow to become a great achiever. May your testimony become one of achievement, accomplishment, transformation, and not our CSM. And so, what does it take to leave a legacy? How does a young man with 11 brothers become the savior of the world? I want to look at the choices that transformed Joseph's life. Seven major influences in the life of the man called Joseph who also came to be known 
as Zafnat Pania. And we are trusting God that your career will move all the way to the top as you work with these principles. Amen. Seven keys to wealth and influence. Seven keys to career transformation from the life of the man Joseph. The first one was an atmosphere of approval and investment. When a person grows up in an atmosphere of affirmation, approval, endorsement, they flourish. Joseph's first advantage in life was the recognition and endorsement of his parents. Now, that speaks to the power of parental affirmation. I used to live next to a particular group of people who were quite troublesome. And I would hear them beat their children every morning. And not only will they beat the children, but they will be raining curses on their own children. And I used to tell myself, how can this child grow up and flourish? You would literally hear a mother say, I will hit you so hard that when you wake up tomorrow morning, your mind would have been turned. This is a mother. How can a mother say that to her own child? As a parent, believe in your children. Declare good things concerning them. Even when they frustrate you at times, keep declaring that they will prosper. They will become great. Listen, Amram and Jochebed saw Moses as a child with a great future. And so they defied the authority of Pharaoh and went to great lengths to ensure that he survived. Joseph and Mary trekked all the way to Egypt just so that Herod's death sentence will not touch Jesus. Hannah saw the child somewhere and said, this child will be great and began to declare prophetic words over her son and she bought a linen effort and put it on the child and said, you will become a priest. Parents must believe in their children. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know how you were raised. I don't know the peculiar circumstances of your upbringing. But I can say one thing. It applies to any environment within which you operate. And so knowing the power of your environment to influence your success creates the right ambience around you. Own your space. Seize authority over your space. Decide what kinds of conversations can go on around you. And some conversations you must refuse to allow them near you. It is possible to listen to radio so much that by the time you finish, your spirit is weak. Some particular discussions in the media are not helpful. I chanced upon a particular station having a discussion and I opened my mouth in shock because the concept they had of relations and marriage was so perverse that I said anyone who listens to this program cannot have a good marriage. It's not possible because what you listen to will affect you. You will reproduce what you feed on. What you feed on will reproduce itself in your life. Tell somebody, own your space. You say, oh, but I was not participating. I was only listening. You are feeding. Hallelujah. Own your space. 
Determine what kind of music will be played around you. Determine what kinds of books you read. Determine what kinds of friends you gravitate around. In an atmosphere of faith, your faith will rise. Create the right ambience, the right atmosphere, the right environment around you. Early in the morning, don't disturb yourself with some things. Seize your space and own your space. Hallelujah. An atmosphere of approval and investment. Now, Jacob did something very significant concerning the young man. He put on him a coat of many colors. Physically, it was just a dress, a garment. But in my opinion, he was increasing the young man's options. What he was doing was making a multidimensional investment in the life of the young man. He was telling him, I see you as a young man with several options, several capabilities, great potential. He was saying that, he was saying that there are diverse abilities and multiplicity of gifts inside you. What am I saying? Imagine raising a child and helping them to explore different aspects of our world. Imagine giving that child the opportunity to increase their options through various colors, concepts, and schemes. Developing their talents, learning languages, traveling and exposing themselves to different cultures, going into sports, learning protocols and curtsies, introducing them to the media, different media forms, the internet, giving them the option of learning about management, governance, investment, entrepreneurship. That child will grow up confident. That child will grow up equipped. In like manner, stretch yourself in different directions. One of the, one of the most challenging things about our educational system is the focus on examinations. And so the typical student is thinking about passing the exam. I volunteer to teach entrepreneurship in the university for free as my contribution to my alma mater. And I went and taught them continuously for 10 weeks how to start a business, and I really invested in them. My last lecture was packed. I presume it was because they had enjoyed the lecture. I only found out at the end of the lecture how wrong I was. They had come in their numbers because they assumed I will be giving them an idea about the exams. And so, question time, I was asking, what do you want to know about starting a business? And they said, say, the exams, will it be multiple choice or essays? <laughs> Tell somebody multiple choice. <laughs> they wanted to know what type of exams were coming. If they knew what was coming in the exam, they would read only that. But the truly successful people in their careers are people who have multiplicity of knowledge about politics, economics, culture, protocol, governance. Spread your tentacles. Tell somebody spread. Stretch and tell the person spread. Push somebody accidentally. Tell the person spread. Read around. Learn new things. Break out of your course outline mentality. Stretch. The coat of many colors was a prophetic declaration about a multi-talented, multi-skilled person with great potential in different directions. Don't be monotonous or one-dimensional. The second concept, thought, influence in Joseph's life was to step out with his gift or talent. 
It started as a funny dream. But it marked the beginnings of an amazing gift, ability, and talent. It could easily have been ignored because, like every gift, the first expression was illogical and incoherent. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, very often your first prayer in tongues is like a baby learning how to talk. But it's just the beginning. In like manner, your first expression of your talent can be funny. And so, the parents and the siblings of Joseph, after hearing his first dream about the sheaves bowing down, they asked him a question. They said, what is this? In Genesis 37 verse 10, the father said to him, so he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this? What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but the father kept the matter in his heart. When I read the words, what is it? My mind went to Exodus 16, verse 15. When manna fell from heaven, the first response is, what is this? When God is making a provision that you don't know about, your first response is, what is this? You can easily dismiss what God is sending your way to bring transformation in your life. The gift, the talent, the ability, the potential may look small in the beginning, but that could be the seed for changing the world. What is this? Appreciate small beginnings. Appreciate that gift that today is a seed. It may look small, but it will become great. That talkative child could be experiencing the beginnings of a legal job or a big-time public speaking job encourage them. I was still with a colleague who was admiring Jerinelle, the prosecutor in the Oscar Pistorius trial. And she was talking about the guy's fluency of speech and his ability to think on his feet and ask questions. And I was saying, can you imagine how he was when he was a child? Maybe he was asking his parents a thousand questions an hour. And I'm sure they were telling him, keep quiet, keep quiet. But today, Every one hour that he stands in the docket as a prosecutor, he earns so much money. Every gift, every ability may start in an incoherent manner, an illogical manner. It may start small, but don't despise small beginnings. It is possible that God has invested a talent in you that is supposed to grow and become great, but you may have despised it. Hallelujah. Bible said that the brothers envied him. The father rebuked him and the brothers envied him. That was the gift that was supposed to save their lives. But they rebuked him and they envied him. Did he stop? No. Bible says he dreamed still another dream. That's significant. Keep using your gift. In Genesis 37 verse 8, And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you have dominion over us? So they hated him even the more for his dreams and for his words. I love verse 9. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time, the sun, the moon, and 11 stars bowed down to me. How annoying. Tell somebody still. 
what do you do when you start a business and your first contract you mess up? What do you do when you have a gift and you try something the first time and it doesn't work? When people laugh at you, do you pack and you stop? When you want to develop a fashion concept and you sew the first dress and it doesn't go well, do you give up? When you give your first speech or your first sermon and you make a number of mistakes, do you pack and say, no more? Number three, excel in diverse conditions. Excel in adverse conditions. The journey to the top will not always be smooth. Thirteen years after he got that dream, Joseph was still wandering about. From servitude to prison to trouble, one trouble after another. Thirteen years. 25 years after Abraham got the prophecy, Isaac has still not come. Now, what do you do when the dream is not materializing? You know you are prime minister material, but your reality is executive prisoner. What do you do? Patiently nurture your dream. Hallelujah. Your dream will be born on the anvil of patience. You need to be patient. Joseph was threatened with death, thrown into a pit, sold as a slave by his own blood brothers. And even when he entered Potiphar's house and was making progress, even there, still, trouble followed him. But he continued to excel. Anytime you face injustice or adversity, you have two options. One option is to be bitter and the other option is to persist. Tell somebody, I choose to persist. Tell the next person I choose to persist. Tell the person I choose to persevere. If you will come through in a season like this, you must learn to shine in the wilderness. There is a wilderness period in everybody's life. The wilderness is that long, unclear, uncertain road between your Egypt and your promised land. Between the place of your slavery and your promised land, you know you have left Egypt. But the promised land, you are not reaching there. And you cannot even tell when you will reach. You know you will one day get there, but you're asking yourself when. That is the wilderness. Sometimes you know your future is great. You know God has spoken and he will perform. But I came to tell you that sometimes the journey can be convoluted. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, Bible says, And do not be weary while doing good, for in due season you will reap your reward if you don't lose heart. I came to tell somebody, in due season you will reap your reward. I came to encourage somebody serving in the wilderness, somebody working under tough conditions. You are doing your best and nobody's appreciating it. Even the people you are serving sometimes don't seem to see what you are doing. I came to tell somebody, that as long as you faithfully, religiously, in accordance with the scriptures, do your work, in due season you'll be rewarded. Hallelujah. Don't get tired of doing good. Joseph kept serving in the wilderness. Let me say that no job is too demeaning. Because God travels a very interesting path with you. And in our work with God, Sometimes he will let you do a job that people say is below you. God can send you as part of your assignment to do a job that ordinarily you will not do. Everything in you tells you this is way below me, but God will send you there. Why? Because it is part of your preparation for the throne. 
no job is too demeaning. Sometimes in your journey, there are places you will come to and you will be doing some work and you'll be looking around to see whether people are looking at you. But in those seasons, keep your eyes on the ultimate price. Somebody say amen. amen. No job is shameful and no job is too demeaning. I was speaking to my, one of my friends, one of the top lawyers in this country. And he said to me that when he was in law school, he examined his financial circumstances and concluded that he could not afford to pay the fees and look after himself. He had too many responsibilities. And so he bought a taxi. And after law lectures, he will learn until the evening and then put on a cap and drive the taxi at night. And he said some of the most interesting times will be when he's coming back from town with his taxi full of his classmates who were so drunk that they would not even notice that it was him. And he had a cap on. And he gave a classic story. He said the next day, when you go for lectures, you have a number of tired law students in the class. Many of them are tired because they spent the night in entertainment. One of them is tired because he spent the night working towards his dream. May somebody build at night when others are sleeping. The heights that great men have reached and kept were not attained by sudden flight, but they, while their companions slept, were toiling upwards in the night. If you believe in your dream and you believe in your vision, something may look uncomfortable, something may look demeaning, but you lay your shoulder to the plow and say, tomorrow, somebody will understand why I'm making this investment. I hope I'm speaking to somebody in the name of Jesus. No job is shameful. Bible says in all labor, there is profit. Hallelujah. There is no shame in work. There is no shame in honest, decent work, especially when you are building towards your dream. No job is too demeaning. Zafnatpanya, the savior of the world. The fourth key we see in Joseph's life was stewardship, integrity, and responsibility. Stewardship is taking care of that which belongs to someone else with distinction and excellence. Stewardship, integrity, and responsibility. In the house of Potiphar, we see some very interesting characteristics about Joseph. In Genesis 39, the Bible says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. That's my favorite part. And served him. Then he made him overseer of his house. And all that he had, he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Verse 6. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had, except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. It got to a time when Potiphar did not even know his own property. Why? Because there was an excellent, reliable, trustworthy caretaker overseeing them. That is stewardship, 
responsibility, and integrity. Three things. Number one, take your anointing to your workplace. Take your anointing to work. What do I mean? Anointing is not shaking. Anointing is not a feeling you get when the power of God is around. Anointing is the supernatural ability to perform or do. And so when you are anointed, you are given a supernatural ability to do ordinary things in an extraordinary way. That is the anointing. And so take the anointing that you have received in this house and take it to work. Joseph was an ordinary man, but he stepped into Potiphar's house and Bible says everything in that house was blessed because he was there. If you work in a place and it is recognized that because of your presence, the company is prospering, the work is prospering, and everything you touch is prospering and you are serving, you will make it. I said you will make it. Potiphar said there is no doubt that with you at the helm of affairs, this house is going forward. But the significant thing is that Potiphar did not promote him because he was handsome. Potiphar did not promote him because he said he was anointed. He promoted him because he was using the anointing to serve. Don't go flaunting your faith to your workmates and your colleagues at work. The proof of your anointing is your ability to transform your organization because of your presence. Am I speaking to somebody? Take charge in your workplace. Bring your anointing to bear upon the place and you will keep rising. Take your anointing to work. Second thing is pass the test of integrity and honesty. When God is promoting you in your workplace, from nowhere, some concept, scheme, idea from hell will come subtly dressed as opportunity. May the Lord open your eyes. I said, may the Lord open your eyes. For every blessing of your life, there is also the counterfeit. It will come shrouded in some garment as an unusual opportunity. May the Lord open your eyes to satanic deception. Oh, it doesn't matter. We all do it here. You and who? You and who? Tell somebody you can't. Hallelujah. Pass the test. Mrs. Potiphar said, listen, don't waste your time and work hard. If you are in my good books, this house, you will prosper. Come, 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 come. You are a nice guy. Come, come. There is nobody watching. It's a quiet, serene atmosphere with cool music. The ambience is just perfect. (laughs) You know, Joseph's response was classic. He said, my master has done everything everything that he should do as a good master. But the part he added that I loved, how can I commit such a great sin against God? What Joseph was saying is that the fact that no one will see me is not a justification for doing the wrong thing. I live my life to please God. If I live, I live for him. If I die, I die for him. In all my ways, I will acknowledge him. I can't do this. May the Lord deliver you from every test that the enemy will seek to bring your way to derail you from your progress. Because the thing is this, the moment you go for the counterfeit, you have sidetracked yourself from the blessing. 
The enemy came to Jesus and said, listen, don't waste your time with the cross. Just bow down and I will give you all the kingdoms. That is a counterfeit. The real glory is bigger. Hallelujah. The thing that God will do in your life is great. I speak to anyone dealing currently with an issue that is becoming like a temptation to you and you are considering it. I speak to you on the authority of God's word and I say free yourself from every temptation and let the Lord perfect his work in your life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Pass the test of integrity. Progressively build trust and capacity. Somebody said Joseph was lucky. I mean, Pharaoh said to him, listen, without you, no one can lift their hand or their foot in the whole of Egypt. Hey, the guy had prospered. Eh? He didn't start from there. He had lived that life of integrity all through. He did it in Potiphar's house and he was giving charge over all Potiphar's property. If he was stealing from Potiphar, he would never have gotten the chance to oversee Pharaoh's wealth. It is because he passed the test in class one that he went to class two and then went to class three. Hallelujah. Passed the test of integrity and the test of capacity. Number five, build your skills to the highest level. Develop your skills to the highest level. There are three interesting expressions of Joseph's dreaming skills. The first one was when he had a personal dream. The second one, he went a bit higher. Friends and family. The butler and the baker had dreams. He didn't dream, but he interpreted it. The third one, the stakes were at an even higher level. The king, the president has dreamt, and they've called you that you are an expert. That is serious. And so, it, it shows somebody whose talent or his gift had been rising from one level to another. And I want to I speak to three different levels of usage, three different levels of influence, and three different levels of reward. A raw talent is not enough. Now, in terms of usage, the first expression was like a personal hobby. You say, my hobby is I like baking. My hobby is I like floral decorations. It's a personal hobby. The second level of usage is where you help a friend with decorations for their wedding. That's the family and friends level. But that one doesn't bring big money. The real level is when you become an established authority or a recognized consultant and people pay you from all over the place to come and show them horticultural and floral arrangements. That is consultancy. In terms of influence, Joseph's first influence was domestic. The dream was at home, he and his brothers. Second one was corporate. They were in the prison together, himself and his colleagues, like workplace. The third one was national and international. Major issue, the president sends for you and he comes with a solution. That one is national level, international level. Similarly, in terms of reward, the first dream he dreamt he didn't get any money for it. In fact, he got adversity and insults. The second dream he interpreted for the butler and the baker. As for the, the baker, he was killed. So he couldn't pay him. The butler, too, for two years, he forgot him. Many of us, you do good for people 
and they don't even remember to say thank you to you. And it's painful. The bachelor went and forgot him. You help people without any invoice. And when they prosper, they forget you. Welcome to the club. But the third level is where you must aspire to. You solve one problem for Pharaoh, and they say you from now on, you have everything you need. No problem in life. That is the level when they call you Zafnak Panya. How many of us want to get to that level? Wonderful. Wonderful. You are getting there. And so, if you want to be Zafnak Panya, when Pharaoh calls you, you don't come with primary solutions. There is a level one solution where you dream and you're not too sure. Level two solution where you say you they'll kill you, you two they will, they will call you back. But level three solution is higher. Bible says that when he was called, let's look at Genesis 41, verse 34. He released a 14-year development plan for the whole country. When Pharaoh called him, he said, Let Pharaoh do this. Let him appoint officers over the land to collect one fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in their cities. Then that food shall be a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine which shall come in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. How can a man in prison conceive such a complicated solution? How can a man with no formal training come up with a composite plan that had agriculture in it? It had savings and investment in it. It had international trade in it. It had banking in it. Actuarial analysis, 20% can feed the rest for seven years. It had human resource in it. It had politics in it. And it had economics in it. A man from prison. How? The answer is simple. Continuous personal development. I am convinced with all my heart that when others were gossiping in prison, Joseph was developing himself. And I'm going to prove it from the scriptures. Let's go to the sixth point. Preparation, packaging, and presentation. Let's say it together. The three P's of your defining moment are preparation, packaging, and presentation. If you get them wrong, everything is spoiled. You may have told and worked hard. These three will be critical. Now, the first is preparation, secret preparation. I believe with all my heart that Joseph understood the principles of governance for several years. I believe that he knew where he was going and he tried to understand the language of that place. Wherever you want to go in life, don't wait till you get there. Start preparing. You want to build a bank, start asking questions. You want to build a business, start asking questions. You want to build a whole city, start asking questions. What does it take to do what I want to do? Joseph must have learned from Potiphar's house and from the prison about governance, state protocol, culture, economics. Preparation is secret. Nobody prepares in the open. Preparation is boring, repetitive, continuous, difficult, expensive, uninspiring, but it pays. When you are preparing, 
you are still up in the night alone, asking yourself, what am I doing to myself? Why am I doing all this? Continuous, every day, every hour, when you see an athlete training at dawn, a musician rehearsing, you're asking yourself, how can you play the same chord 18 times? Why? Preparation is repetitive, it is continuous, it is boring, but it pays off. Secret preparation. I find the packaging bit very interesting because even in prison, Joseph kept telling people, when you are released, remember me. They say the testimony of a satisfied client is more than 15 paid advertisements. So what he was saying is that I am good, but people must mention me somewhere. When you serve people and they commend you, please don't just collect the money and walk away. Ask them, would you like to mention me to your friends? Would you like to give me a written reference that I can use for my marketing activities? Ask and you shall be given. Amen. Some of us, once we see the money, praise the Lord, we turn our back and we have gone. We are gone. The money will get finished, but you'll be looking for new opportunities. Joseph asked for references and testimonials. He said, remember me when you go back to the palace. The other thing that he did that was significant Bible says that when they came calling him in a rush that Pharaoh had had a dream and needed somebody. Bible said they came calling him quickly. But even in the rush, if the president summons you in a rush, who are you to say, I'm coming shortly? But Bible says that in Genesis 41 verse 14, that when they sent and called Joseph out of the prison, he shaved his beard and changed his clothes. You know what he was saying? It was an abomination to come into the presence of Pharaoh at that time with a beard. And he knew the culture. If he had gone with a beard, it would have been an abomination. If he had gone poorly dressed, his solution is a poor man's voice will not be heard. Your wisdom will not be heard. So he understood that even though he had the wisdom, he must dress well. You may be the most technically competent candidate, but dress well for the interview. Am I speaking to somebody? No matter how much you know technically, if you go for the interview with red shoe, green socks, white shirt, yellow trousers, you will fail. Uh Now you know why you didn't get that job. (laughs) Tell somebody I'm learning something. Joseph shaved his beard to conform to the required culture at that time. But the third thing he did was beautiful. Articulate presentation. Listen, when you get there, you must talk. Pharaoh gave him a few minutes and he had to talk. The first thing he did was to calm Pharaoh down. The man, he can cut head. He had beheaded the baker not too long before. So his servants were panicking and they knew he could do anything. So the first thing he did, Genesis 41, 16, he said, Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. He settled the issue. Pharaoh, calm down. I have come with a divine solution. When you go for an interview, in the first few minutes, you must establish your presence or you run the risk of going out empty-handed. It's called a unique selling proposition. When David met Saul, he said, let not the king be troubled. Your servant has killed the lion and killed a bear and he will kill Goliath. You must have your answers at the fingertips and the authority to back it. Amen. I can do it. 
Tell somebody, I, I can do it. Tell the person, I believe I can do it. You know, what I love about Joseph is that he knew this chance, he would never get it again. And so he told Pharaoh, you know something? Look for, in Genesis 41, 33, he said, now therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and a wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. The work you have described, who can do it? And he made sure the thing was so complicated that nobody could understand it. <laughs> and said, look for a wise man to do this job. He set Pharaoh up. And Pharaoh said, verse 37, so the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to the servants, can we find such a one as this? A man in whom is the spirit of God. Tell somebody you have the spirit. But speak. By the time Joseph finished describing the, the assignment and the job description, Pharaoh said, this job, it is yours. Hallelujah. In my business days, I recall several years ago, a client, my favorite client calling me and saying, you've done this work for 12 years and you are excellent at it. Just that people are saying, why are you alone getting the job? And so we should try somebody else. Now, that's a very difficult you haven't done anything wrong, but they want to try somebody else. I said everything I could, and I realized I won't win this one because it was order from above. And so, the wisdom of God came in that moment, and I said, okay, in that case, can I prepare handing over notes for the next person? They said, sure. I sat down, and with 12 years of experience, began to list the requirements for the job, one after another, 15 points. And I went and handed it over to them and said, the person who will be fortunate enough to get this job, these are the notes. And the notes said, eight years ago, this particular point came up and we dealt with it this way. Six years ago, it came and we dealt. By the time they finished reading that, they said, listen, why should we even go and experiment with a new person? Come, come, come. Get your job. <laughs> Tell somebody you are the man. Tell somebody you are the woman. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pharaoh says, Joseph, this thing, you let's just give it to you to do it yourself. Presentation skills. The final one. The final thing is ultimate recognition and diverse rewards. There is a set time for your blessing. The, the butler forgot him and it was painful. For two years, the butler was enjoying and he had forgotten the one who helped him. But one day, the circumstances of Joseph's elevation were divinely orchestrated and so Pharaoh has to dream because of Joseph may God orchestrate the circumstances of somebody's elevation in this place may God cause some king walking his somewhere to dream because of you I believe with all my heart that if the butler had recommended him two years earlier they would have given him some nice servant job. But when God in the set time created the right circumstances, it was not a servant job at stake. It was the highest and the ultimate job. May somebody whose promotion has delayed, may somebody who has suffered and not be remembered, be brought to the place of ultimate recognition. When your set time comes, hey, you see the power of God at work. Friends, God is never too late. It may seem to have delayed for a while, but when the set time comes, you know, Pharaoh said something that I found interesting. In Genesis 41 verse 37, 
or verse 41, Bible says, And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over the land of Egypt. I put brackets there and I said, God has set you. Pharaoh thought he had set him over the land of Egypt. What he didn't know is that it was God working through him. God will work through somebody in authority to set you in the rightful place that you belong. When you continue to serve with diligence, with patience, and with faithfulness in due season, God will cause you to be lifted. Pharaoh gave Joseph a ring. The ring was a sign of covenant and authority. He gave him royal clothes, a symbol of glory and beauty. He gave him a gold chain, a symbol of abundance of wealth. And he gave him the second chariot, the second royal chariot, a symbol of mobility and public recognition. And then he added to that, he gave him a wife, a symbol of relationship. You know, a prisoner cannot marry. The first thing Pharaoh told him is that you are no longer a prisoner. Now that you are out of prison, let's give you a wife and make sure that you are stable. I came to announce to somebody that Zafnat Pania is here in this building. I came to announce to somebody that the savior of the world is in this building. I came to announce to somebody that the revealer of secrets, the revealer of hidden things is in this building. The same people who sold you into slavery, you will bring solution into their lives. I came to tell somebody that God is never too late. I came to announce to somebody that it may for a while have looked like a promotion has delayed. But this is your set time for upliftment. May God come through for somebody. May God remember somebody. May God turn it around for somebody. I came to announce, God is your glory. He is the lifter up of your head. He will not permit your foot to be moved. He will bring you to the place of promise. In Jesus' mighty name, somebody lift up a shout. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Arbet and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N.E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-99000. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com Amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. No more searching. The light has come.